0: going to talk about the question or I guess the claim that you probably heard on your college campuses or in your high school classes and that claim is quite simply Jesus was just a mythical figure was just was not real was just some kind of mythical invention of the people. Today we're going to talk about how you can address that that claim and is that true is Jesus just a mythical figure is 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 all this some kind of a lie well first I want to say that this podcast is mainly intended to help build up the faith of, of younger people so high school students college students but that doesn't mean that you also are not welcome to listen in my goal is to present apologetics and theology in such a in such a way that you don't need a college degree or you don't need really much of anything to understand how to defend your faith the Bible says let us have a reason for the defense we need. let us give a reason for the faith we have a defense for our faith that's first Peter three fifteen. so my approach here is just to give you some practical advice on how to deal with these anti biblical Thoughts that you're going to be faced with especially on the college campus now I'm presuming that that you are a let's say you're a 15 year old you're a 15 year old in a high school class and your teacher says something something um, Silly such as uh, Jesus was just a mythical figure well, my first thought would be well, how do you know that? Um, if you are aware of the book tactics by Greg Kokel Greg Kokel would be good to read here because Greg tells you how to how to defend your faith in a way that is not offensive. Because obviously when you're in the classroom environment, the teacher has the power, right? And you don't want to be disrespectful in general either because that would be wrong. So you're somewhat at a catch-22. Somewhat in a bit of a catch-22. If you defend your faith, you could get in some real trouble. You could be shouted down you could be told to be silent you could be written up etc etc but at the same time if you don't defend your faith if you don't defend your faith it feels as though you're letting god down and it feels as though you know you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as a christian defending his word in a in a in a wayward world But at the same time, we can't let this claim that Jesus was a mythical figure go unchallenged. Because not only is it contrary to our faith, it's also contrary to historical data and good, solid evidence. So, let's say that your teacher asks you, you 15-year-old, let's say that your teacher asks you, or tells you, rather, that Jesus is just a mythical figure. Well, the first thing I would ask respectfully is... I'm trying to understand, tell them you're trying to understand, and ask them, or him or her, let's let's say that, ask him or her, how do you know that? I'm trying to understand, tell them I'm trying to understand, and then say, well, how do you know that? How did you come to that conclusion? And what you're going to notice here is that your teacher is either going to try to get away from the subject, or he or she is going to give you some illogical answer. Going to give you something such as oh well people just invented this person of jesus that there was no actual hard evidence and then what you're going to do is you're going to ask or at first you're going to say well thank you for answering my question if he or she does and then you're going to ask another question and you're going to say simply this if christianity were true if jesus really walked on the earth what would that mean for you what would it mean what would it mean for you if there was really a man named Jesus that preached against against evil and about repenting of sin and turning to God and avoiding hell what would that mean for you if there really was a man that raised the dead and healed the blind, what would that? For you personally. And see, what you've done here is that you've taken it out of the intellectual and you've taken it for the personal. And that opens the door for further evangelism, giving of the law and then giving of the gospel. Because I submit to you this that atheist that says that he builds his life on science and reason, I'm not going to say altogether, oh, well, he's just lying to you. That's not what I'm saying. He may genuinely believe that he does, but. I will submit to you that he doesn't realize that he has built his life on some worldviews that cannot be proven. Part of your job is to show him that you also have a worldview and it is just as open to scrutiny as mine is, but I think I can defend my worldview. Better than you can defend yours. And of course, you're not gonna necessarily say that in as many words. You're probably gonna need a level of tact that I don't actually possess to defend your faith and present those things. But for a teacher to getting back for a teacher or a professor to make that kind of a claim that Jesus was just a mythical figure, that person is speaking more out of faith than out of any evidence. And so let me explain. Because for someone to say such an audacious thing, it's like for someone to say, that uh, the sun doesn't exist, like the sun, the sun doesn't exist. It's just something made up for people to, for people to uh, explain how plants grow. It's similar to that, and this is why. Because as you can see, Jesus in so many elements of our culture and so many elements of our history. Well, well, let's let's look at the year, for example. You could ask someone, "Well, what year is it?" And they, after they got done looking at you like you're an idiot or like you hit your head they and say well it's obviously 2023 at the time of recording it is 2023 then you could ask quite simply well 2023 what 2023 what and you may have to guide them a little bit to get to ad or they would say ce but here's the point since what or since who how do we get 2023 how did we get it if you have read it's a gospel tract called what time is purple no no actually it's um the man that swept time you're basically going to get the um basically get the argument well how did how is jesus a myth if we can count back to when he was born to the year he was born give or take a few years if and if he was such a he must have been a really powerful myth to convince so many people to start measuring time after him. He must have been a really powerful myth. See, the people who say, oh, Jesus is just a myth compare Jesus to something like a some Bigfoot. We don't say it's 100 years uh, after Bigfoot. We don't. Because myths seldom get to split reality. They never do, actually. I can't think of one time that a myth has, has infiltrated re- reality In that sense, so quite simply, if you want to break this point down, you can say, well, we live in the year 2023. Well, since who? Since who? If someone denies that Jesus existed at all, you can at the very least prove to that person that that Jesus, the historical man, actually existed. Whether you like it or not, he did. This myth, it seems, left footprints because even even people that came a few hundred years after Jesus and I'm not even talking about the Bible yet. We'll get there. But people that came a few hundred years after Jesus, you think you're Josephus. You think you're Suetonius. You think you're plenty younger. You think you're Babylonian Talmud. What you're What you're going to see is they reference Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. You, Bible and apologetic scholar, know that, that Josephus has been considered unreliable uh, because there's some forgeries in there. Well, first of all, we can track those forgeries. Second of all, they have nothing to do with the point that I'm making here. Third of all, he references Jesus. He references this Jesus of Nazareth. And so do all these other enemy sources reference a Jesus of Nazareth that caused a bit of a stir, caused a bit of a problem. When you have an enemy of yours who is, who is saying something that proves your case, you normally believe the enemy. And, believer, I would encourage you to let your skeptical atheist friends or teachers or whoever listen to this and see if they can come up with a challenge for it. If Jesus was merely a mythical figure, why is it that so many people are writing about him or wrote about him? Now, pause there. Some may say, well, yeah, that was. A hundred years after the fact. Two hundred years after the fact. Well, there are other works that were done. There are other works that were done and other writers that wrote about certain events. And we consider that pretty historically accurate. The Caesars, for example. The Caesars, for example. The earliest writings we have of them were hundreds of years. Even sometimes a couple of thousand years. Not a couple, but a thousand years after the fact. And nobody would doubt, seriously, that Caesar existed. Nobody would. No serious history student anyway. My point is that for anyone to say that Jesus did not exist, they would be laughed out of a out of a reputable university today because even if you don't believe that Jesus is divine, even if you don't believe that Jesus is God, even if you believe that he was just some some lunatic or some some liar, you cannot get away from the fact that he walked on the earth. You can't get away from it. So, furthermore, I mean, there's, there's tons of evidence for this. Um, let, let's look at the Bible as well. Let's look at the Bible as well now. Some might say, well, you can't, you can't use the Bible. You can't use the Bible to prove yourself. Why not? Why not? If, and I, I'm borrowing this, I believe, um, I'm borrowing this from another apologist, but if I had a, the world's fastest sports car and I wanted to prove to you it was the world's fastest sports car, what would I do? I'd get you to drive it. To test it out. Well, the Bible, when you understand what the Bible truly is, it's a collection of eyewitness documents that have been proven by other eyewitnesses to be true. For example, Paul writes in one portion, he says, we have a great cloud of witnesses. We have a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, he's saying, hey, if you don't believe me, they're still alive. Go ask them. They are still alive. Go ask them. Some have even seen him. Some have passed away, but some saw him. These writers are writing within other people's lifetimes and not just their allies lifetimes but their enemies' lifetimes their enemies would be very e- would have had an easy time refuting their claims for, for in other words in other words these writers were claiming something that that everybody thought was crazy about this man named Jesus and that, they did it early on too they did it within, even if you look at Paul's Creed in First Corinthians, you can see that it was within a few years of Jesus' death and resurrection. But, nobody could refute their claims. Nobody could. It would have been easy for the Jews to go and find the temple, or the tomb, and and, and parade his body through the streets. But no, they didn't exactly do that. They lied and said that the body wasn't there, or that, that, that somebody stole the body, rather. They admitted the body wasn't there. But what is that an implicit admission of? That Not only did, is Jesus not there as the tomb empty, but also that Jesus existed. They didn't say, who? Who's that? They didn't say that. They did not say that Jesus, who's Jesus? They, that he doesn't exist. They didn't say that. But furthermore, on the disciples and the apostles, um, you'll find that people don't often die for what they know to be wrong. Now, pause. People die for their faith all the time, and sometimes their faiths are not exactly correct. However, no one who has been in a position to see whether something was true or false dies for a lie. No one dies when they were an eyewitness to something. No one dies when they were an eyewitness to something in the sense that they would lie about it. So, for example, if I see something that that that's crazy that happened, um I would not be willing to lie about that event and then die for it. I would recant. That's a better way of saying it. I would recant. I would change my story, right? But it's interesting that none of the disciples ever recanted. And you may say, well, they made lots of money and they got famous. No, they didn't. They led lives of deprivation and starvation and thirst and hunger and all these different things. And. They were beaten within an inch of their lives multiple times. They were beheaded, some of them. Some were shot with arrows. Some were crucified. Some were spit on and mopped. They were all spit on and mopped. They knew what they were getting into ahead of time, and even still, they were like, no, I'm going to stick to my story. And for what gain? For what gain? They had none as far as this life is concerned. So, Christian, when your teacher tells you that, oh, Jesus was just a... Mythical figure. Don't believe them. The devil will tell you anything he can to get you to doubt Jesus actually walking on earth. You can remind yourself that when you look in the mirror every morning that Jesus was and is just as real as that person you see in the mirror, and one day you'll see him face to face. Also, we need to look at we need to look at the impact that Jesus has had on people's lives quite frankly quite frankly that we need to understand that jesus is the only one with the power and this is more of a implicit or a subtle change and the the world will tell you oh that wasn't jesus that wasn't jesus but just think about this you can know the biggest sinner in your school you can know the biggest sinner in in the world and who has who has been so contrary and hated god for so long and lived an absolutely devilish life and i'm talking about with things of lust and all these different things and they can come to jesus and come to faith in jesus and it's immediate 180. it's an immediate 180. They, they don't think the same way they don't act the same way they don't want the same things and it's all because of this person named jesus now granted The world's going to have a field over this one because they'll say, well, what about this? It could have been been this reason. It could have been this reason. It could have been this reason. But the evidence is overwhelming that Jesus himself and faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus is what helps a person overcome sin. It's not any self-help program. Self-help programs don't work. Yeah, maybe psychiatry, psychology, whatever is going to help a little bit for some people. Maybe. I've heard of, um, I've heard of atheists, you know, breaking their addiction to, um, illicit, the, the best way to put this is illicit materials, which the Bible calls porneia. Um, however, however, what an atheist normally replaces their, um, their lust with, if, if they do decide to get out of that, is they normally don't replace their lust with they don't they normally don't get rid of their lust altogether, they just replace it. They they put their lust into some other basket. Normally. It's only through Jesus that you have deliverance from your sins, those sins that chain you. Someone who's not in Christ simply does not have the ability. They simply don't. Now they can modify their behavior, but they can't modify their own heart. They can't. And that brings us down to the heart of the matter, and we're about done here. I try to keep these podcasts, or I will try to keep these podcasts, relatively short. The ending point here is that your teacher, your professor, someone who says, well, Jesus was just a myth, obviously hasn't done much research into the matter because his existence is unavoidable because they don't want to know the truth. They don't want it. That's the point, Christian. That's the point. That's how you're different than the world. That's one way anyway, one of the biggest ways is they don't want Jesus to be real. They don't want the gospel to be true. They don't. It's a heart matter. It's a spiritual matter. And if you've listened to this podcast so far, I do want to thank you, and I want to encourage you to continue continue listening to this, because we do address a variety of different topics. Um, I hope you found it meaningful and informative. I do want you to take comfort in this, in what philippians says because you're going to be treated so horribly for for christ's sake and and i think that the atheist the skeptic who treats you this way they don't even really understand why they're doing it they're just doing it because it's something in them an instinct that tells them to do it they can despitefully oppress you they can be horrible to you they can they can even sin against you physically in other ways because you're a christian but understand that if you are persecuted for christ's sake you're blessed even as a 14 year old even as a 14 year old if someone says something mean to you mocking to you just because you're a christian the bible says you're blessed that you even that jesus counted you worthy to be persecuted for his sake Now, is that the kind of persecution that Stephen went through necessarily? I mean, that was one step. Stephen was mocked, but then he was also stoned to death. Don't compare someone else's persecution to yours and say, you're not being persecuted. I don't think that's healthy exactly. I don't think it's healthy to go around and say that, well, because because I'm not being stoned to death, because I'm not being beaten, That I'm not being persecuted. We're blessed. God has been very merciful to us, very gracious to us. The Bible says in Philippians 4 4, as we close, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say rejoice. Again I will say rejoice. What is your praise like? What is your rejoicing like? Do you thank God even in the difficult circumstances? Young Christian, are you thankful for that skeptical atheist teacher or that skeptical atheistic friend? You thank God that He is giving you a chance to worship, a chance to love someone towards you, and that's not what say I'll let you start. the atheist, the skeptic, the one who non-Christian hates your God, they hate you, in the sense that they hate your master. But The Bible says this in verse 5, it says, but the reason be witness, we to every This reasonableness be known to everyone. And the Bible also says this here, this is the note, depending on the version you use. Reasonableness may also be gentleness. I see no reason why both can't be met here. Reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything my prayer and supplication which means fasting, my prayer and supplication of thanksgiving that your requests be made to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Thank you. I wish you well. And I hope that you'll continue listening to the Podcasts from theology, Bible, apologetics. It's my hope to make this a series where we address questions from the real problems that our high school students and college students are facing spiritually. Young Christian, you have something valuable. You do. It's Christ. An older Christian, you do as well. Christian, this world is antagonistic towards you, and it's going to be even harder while you are still going school while you're young. Don't give up your faith. Remember these tools. Ask questions first. Let your name be. Let your response be reasonable and gentle, but like that will help everyone. Ask how someone came to that conclusion. Show them that we can see evidence of Jesus walking in history and how people move and how people are. the the facts and you know and show them scripture take it to the time.